0: Hi, church. How's everybody doing? Good? Good. Lloyd's doing good. That's all that matters. That's all the life y'all got this morning. Maybe we need to sing a few more songs, Rodney. So I would have thought the energy we had. Let me share some things with you. I am so proud of you as a church. As usual, we had a garage sale the last two days to raise money for missions, for our youth mission trip. So before I tell you how much was raised, I want everybody to stand who bought stuff, brought stuff, baked stuff, ate stuff, helped, worked, organized. If you had anything to do with the garage sale, would you stand? Anything to do with the garage sale? Brought stuff, bought stuff. Thank you very much. As you can see... As you can see, we could ask one person for help and we would get help, but all of you together helped raise $3,500 for missions. Larry, they weren't clapping for you coming in. So Sorry. I just want to clear that up. Just want to clear that up. Y'all know Joe and Patty Snow. Patty is one of our secretaries. They've been members here a long time. She texted us. Um, her son, Blake, was baptized this week by Brother David, so we rejoice in that. You'll want to share in that joy with Patty. She, uh, You can clap again. That's all right. They were there for a birthday party, I think, and uh, it was announced. They didn't know, so that was a, a joyful birthday party um, and I want to remind you, if you're if you're looking for a church that has stuff going on, just look in the chairs around you. We uh, saturated you with all kinds of stuff today. There's an envelope about backpacks. You'll hear about that at the end of worship with a a video announcement. There's something about ladies' Bible class. And every member Sunday, what would it be like for every member of this congregation to be here on one Sunday? We picked a Sunday where there's not as many football games, college-related, that the majority of folks might be cheering for every member Sunday. I need 25 people just this week. 25 people for seven days. Can I have 25 people? You don't. It's on your own. Who will pray for this day? Would you raise your hand? 25 people. You'll pray for every member Sunday. For just for one week. Okay. You know who you are. God saw you raise your hand. Every member Sunday. That is October the 6th. So we are excited about that. So thank you for praying for that and about that. We are in a series called Here I Am to Worship. We're talking about worship. Today I want to talk about the power of your environment. The power of your environment. Your environment has the power to transform you. For example, ask any of our young people who have ever been, anybody in this audience who's ever been to Camp Deer Run... By going to Camp Deer Run, that environment has the power to transform you. Think about a class you took in high school or a class you took in college that you said, that class changed my life. Because that environment has the power to transform you. Think about that coach, that teacher, that you said changed my life, the environment can change you. It can transform you. Sometimes it's a negative environment. Sometimes a coach or a teacher or a mom or a dad has beat you down so much or ridiculed you that that environment changed you. Some of y'all are probably recipients of that. Everybody probably has someone in their life. Because of that environment, you've got scars in your life. Your environment has the power to transform you. Sometimes it's difficult circumstances. Who hasn't lost a loved one? And we go through dealing with the death of a loved one. We hear the word cancer. So many folks have gone through cancer. There are difficult situations in life that sometimes we say, if it weren't for that circumstance, if it weren't for that environment, it would have never changed my life. Sometimes the negative, difficult situations in life Transform us. I'm sure I've told you about a friend I had in college who was more interested in drinking beer than he was going to college. He was more interested in getting out of class to go drink. And one night he had had too much. He was out driving and he was in a vehicle wreck. I saw the pictures. He should have died. I don't know how he crawled out of that vehicle. And he said, because of that wreck, because of that environment, it changed my life. That negative, difficult situation in life changed him. Your environment has the ability to transform your life. Now, who doesn't want to be transformed? Everybody wants to be transformed, we all want to be different. Why do we go to the gym? Why do we walk? Why do we exercise? Why do, why do we go to the health institute? We want to be taller. We want to be shorter. We want to be skinnier. We want to be smarter. We want a different job. We may want a different family. We want to be transformed. We want to be different. And the hope of transformation is what keeps us going. The hope that I could lose some weight. The hope that maybe something would be different about a job. The hope that maybe something would be different about a financial situation. Gives us reason to live. The hope of heaven gives us reason to live transformed lives now. Your environment has the ability to transform your life. Now... Let me tell you this, that word transformation has biblical meaning. The word morpho, which means to change. There are scriptures that talk about transformation. The same God who saves us stays with us and wants to transform us. That Greek word morpho has to do with a molding process, a transformation process. So Paul says in Galatians 4, Christ being Formed in you. That's a transformation process. In our scripture reading today, God had, uh, in Romans 8, God had predestined them to be conformed to the image of His Son. So Paul's saying that spiritual growth is a molding process. It's a transformation process. How are we transformed? If you'll change your environment, you'll probably be transformed. Now we know that in a number of ways. If you want your kids to make better grades, you need to have your children run with kids who make better grades. Birds of a feather flock together. Richie, did you just call my kid a bird? No, it's not what I said. God knows this. When God led His people out of Egypt and out of slavery into the Promised Land, when they took the Promised Land which He had already given them, He said, when you go in, I want you to conquer everything destroy everything, get rid of everything, because God knew when His people were around pagan gods, that environment would transform them and they'd start worshiping pagan gods. We've looked at the verses that say, we become like what we worship. We've looked at the verses in Romans 1, they traded worshiping the Creator for created things. God says, bad company corrupts good morals. Your environment has the ability to change you. Has anybody ever told you you need to get out of that situation? You need to get out of that environment. Your environment has the ability to transform you. Now, what in the world does that have to do with worship? Turn with me to Genesis 22. Genesis 22 is a familiar story. It's about Abraham and Isaac. It's about sacrifice, but it's also about transformation. If you want to be transformed, if you want to be changed, put yourself in a different environment. Put yourself in an environment that will transform you. So let me read a few verses from Genesis 22. Some time later, God tested Abraham. James, the brother of Jesus, says, you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And perseverance is good because it helps you be mature and complete. It transforms you. So sometimes God uses, maybe all of the time, God uses our environment to try to change us. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He put him in an environment to transform him. He said to him, Abraham... Abraham replied, Here I am. And God said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place from a distance. Look at verse 6. Abraham took the wood for, for the burnt offering. He placed it on his son, and he himself carried the fire and the knife, and the two of them went on together. Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father, yes, my son, the fire and the wood are here, but where's the lamb? Here's the story. Abraham heard a voice. That voice was from God, and he'd heard that voice before. That voice had called him and said, I want you to leave your home and I want you to follow me. And Abraham, listened. that voice said, I want you to be in a covenant relationship with me. And Abraham, listened. that voice said, you and your wife are going to have a child. And they laughed. They laughed because they were way too old. They laughed because they'd be raising a kid and they'd be eating the same strained vegetable because nobody had a single tooth in the whole family. They laughed because when she went to Walmart, not only did she buy some diapers, she had to buy some Depends. They laughed because they were way too old to have kids. But Abraham's not laughing on this day. When he hears the voice of God say, I want you to take your son, the child of promise, the one that I'm going to make a great name. I want you to take your son and I want you to kill him. Ask Abraham, what are you doing on that day? And he's not going to say, well, we got a father-son project. we got a field trip we're going to do. Notice what Abraham says as you read in Genesis 22, verse 5. When they get to Moriah, he said to the servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and we will return. Hey, Abraham, what are you doing on this day? It's not a field trip. It's not a father-son outing. We're going to worship. I don't know how he can call what is about to happen worship. His son is about to die. He's going to raise the knife to plunge that into his son and offer him as a sacrifice to God. How in the world do you call that worship? Well, you need to put yourself in a place, in an environment where God can transform you. And God transforms you in worship. But here's the catch, church. If the only worship you do is what we're doing here this morning, one hour a week, I'm going to venture to say there's very little transformation in your life. If you view worship as only what we do on Sunday morning for an hour a week, the other 167 hours a week, if you view those as my time, I'm going to venture to say there's very little transformation taking place. You know how Abraham can view this as worship? Because this wasn't another go-to-church worship. This was his life. And when you give your life, to God. God uses your life to transform you. So when you begin to worship outside of this church building, well, we talked about preparing for worship and studying God's Word. Listen, folks, I don't want you to spend more time in Scripture. I know that sounds kind of odd. I want you to get more Scripture in you. That's called transformation. We don't need more information. You Know the Bible. What we need is to get the Scripture in us so God in us can transform us. And if the only time you're getting God in you is one hour a week, listen, church, there's not a whole lot of transformation happening. You can vouch for that. You say things like, well, I don't see God doing anything in my life. And how come, how come, how come, how come? I would ask you about your worship life. Your worship life. Not your worship time on Sunday morning. Listen, folks, you place yourself in an environment where God can transform you. And Abraham said, you know what, God, my whole life is one of worship. Let me read you some scriptures from Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed. When did he do that? Sunday morning? No, he did that his whole life. Romans 4, Abraham against all hope believed and became the father of many nations. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about a hundred years old and Sarah's womb was also dead. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God. Hebrews 11 again, Abraham reasoned that God could raise the dead. He reasoned that when I give my whole life to God, God can do powerful things. Folks, if you want God to do amazing things in your life, your whole life needs to become an environment of worship. We gather here today as the body of Christ to worship together. When we leave here today, worship is not over. Our scripture reading today, don't don't conform to the image of this world and and the pressures of this world, but you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's your spiritual act of worship. Folks, we were created to worship God. What am I supposed to do on Monday? I'm supposed to worship God. What am I supposed to do at my job? I'm supposed to worship God. What am I supposed to do as I raise my kids? I'm supposed to worship God. What am I supposed to do driving down the highway? I'm supposed to worship God. And when your entire life becomes an environment of worship, God will do amazing things in your life. How was Abraham able to say, We will worship God? And we will return because he trusted God, he believed in God, he put his faith in God. And he knew that day when he released things to God, God provides. When you release things to God, God provides. Isaac said, hey, dad, yo, Abraham, Abe, Pops, listen, something's missing here today. We don't have a sacrifice. And Abraham said, God will provide. And God did. When you release to God, God provides. God can't transform anything that you don't give him. So you gave God an hour today. Have you given God your marriage? Have you given God your kids? Have you given God your job? Have you given God your time? Have you given God your money? When you release to God, God provides. You can't tell me otherwise that when Abraham left that mountain, that environment, I believe he was a changed man. Because he released to God. God, he said, everything's yours. Everything's yours. Everything's yours. Even my son Isaac, you can have him too. And when he left Mount Moriah that day, he was transformed. I believe his faith was stronger. I believe his his trust in God because he knew God would provide. And when God provided, I believe his trust in God was all the stronger. Then when he got back home, he told folks, let me tell you what God did today in my life of the whole environment of worship. Folks, when you release things to God in your life, God provides and transformation begins. Your worship here together will start to change when your worship, when you're not here, is given to God. Remember, we said we all worship something. Some of y'all worship your job. Some of y'all worship your families. Some of y'all worship your money. When you give everything to God and release it to God, He will provide. And that's called worship. God, here it is. When I give to God, it's called worship. So maybe you need to change your environment. Again, if the only worship you do is one hour a week, I'm glad you're here. I'm thrilled you're here. Our praise this morning to God is a sweet aroma. I want you to be here. But when you leave here, your life still needs to be an environment of worship. Because your environment has the power to transform your life. Let me tell you about another transformation process. If you're not familiar with the churches of Christ, we've got a baptistry. We've got water up here. Does that water transform you? No. Does that baptistry transform you? No. You know what transforms you is when you give your life to God and say, you know what, I'm going to give you my life. And if that means being in the waters of baptism... If going down and being buried with Christ and being raised as He was to walk in newness of life, God says you come out a new creation. You are transformed. When you place yourself in certain environments, God has the power to transform you. Some of y'all have been saying a long time, I ain't never going to be baptized. Then you ain't never going to put yourself in an environment that God will transform you. Now that's not the only environment. When you give life when you give God your whole life, God transforms you. Folks, we were created to worship when we breathe. So if you're breathing tomorrow, you need to be worshipping God. Your environment is a transforming process. So if you want to be transformed today, it's real simple. Give your life and worship to God. When do I do that? When you're breathing. All the time. So that when you leave here, we will worship and we will return. When you're driving down the road, we will worship and we will return. Anything you do, you need to be thinking about God. Remember what we said a couple of weeks ago? Ascribe to the Lord the glory to His name. When should I be doing that? All week long. If you're not thinking about God all week long, He's not thinking about transforming you. We offer the invitation of Jesus today for you to be transformed, for you to be changed, for God to do something in you that you can't do yourself. You can't save yourself. You can come to church your whole life. That doesn't save you. You can read your Bible your whole life. That doesn't save you. You can be the greatest prayer warrior on this earth. That doesn't save you. Those things are all good. You want to know what saves you It's when you give your life to God your whole life to God. Will you do that today? If you need to respond to the invitation, we will meet you down here and you can be baptized. If you want to meet with some of our elders in the back so that they can pray for you and embrace you in prayer and lift you up, if you need to respond to the invitation today, please do so as we stand and sing.